Well, tonight, if you would stand with me for just a moment and open your Bibles to the 23rd Psalm. You may not even need to open your Bibles for this one. You probably know this verse. I'm going to read the whole chapter, the whole psalm. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoints my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> Praise God. My Lord, what a wonderful passage. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for inspiring David to write such beautiful words. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I give you praise tonight, God, that the same Spirit that wrote these words, O oh God, is the same Spirit that ministers to them our hearts tonight. And I pray, Lord God, for the next few minutes, Lord God, you would lead me and guide me, Lord God, to comfort this congregation, Lord God to bring hope and peace and joy and love and all the things that are of you into their lives tonight, O oh God. I know they love you. I know they're concerned about you. I know they desire to please you. And Lord God, may your Holy Spirit tonight encourage, lift up. And God, cause us, Lord God, to ride with the chariot with you, O oh God, on the wings of the wind, Lord God. Cause us to walk with you in close fellowship tonight, O oh God. For your presence is in this house, O oh God, and you've already said, I am here. And I give you praise for it tonight in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen, amen. and amen. You may be seated. You know, a lot of times whenever I've heard myself or other preachers preach on this, they spend a lot of time talking about that, you know, that it doesn't, this verse doesn't mean that we won't, we won't, will not want that we will not that we will have everything that you know all of our blah 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 but I don't want to spend time on that tonight at all because I don't want to spend time on anything that's carnal or anything that has to do with finances or anything that has to do with those things because I'm telling you tonight that the Lord says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want and if you looked at all the songs that Mike picked out tonight every one of them had something to do with the Lord and me not wanting. Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah, all the Jehovahs. Everything he sang tonight had something to do with this verse. Because I'm telling you, because I serve God, there's certain things that I'm never going to want. There's certain things I'm never going to be without. Now, I may, I may struggle sometimes in my finances, and I may have some difficulties sometimes in my emotions, and I may have some troubles and trials in this life, but I'm going to tell you this, all that stuff is external. All of, those, all of those feelings and pressures and stresses, all that stuff is external, pushing in on me. But within me, <laughs> in the deepness of my spirit. I'm going to tell you this. First of all, I'm never going to want for love. This world may not give me love. I may not know love from this world. I may not experience love in this world, but I experience love in my spirit every day. 
I'm never going to not have love because I have a heavenly father that loved me who sent his only begotten son to die for me and each and every day he demonstrates to me once again that not only does he love me but he knows who I am. He knows my name. Did you hear that? He knows my name. He knows where I am. He knows the number of hairs on my head. He knows my emotions. He knows my attitude. He knew who I was when he saved me. He knew who I was when he called me into the ministry. He knew who I was. He knew how I was, but yet he loved me anyway, and he allowed me into his family. He, he enticed me. He wanted me. He was interested in me, and he was interested in each and every one of you, and when you're following the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll never want for love. Hallelujah. You'll never know a day that you're not loved. You know, there was a time in this, in, in this Christian walk since the, day of, since the day of the Azusa Street Revival, there was a time when the preaching of hell and the preaching of, of that kind of stuff, that it, it, it made an impact on people's lives. And they, and they came to the altar for a fear of hell. They didn't want to go to hell. But I want to tell you today, I can, I can, I can preach hell as hot as I can preach it and, and give an altar call and nobody will come. I, I'm not sure where, why that is. I, I, don't, I don't know why that is. But I do know this. I do know that people are a lot more interested in knowing that somebody loves them than knowing that somebody's going to send them to an eternal damnation in hell. And I'm not saying we shouldn't preach hell. We should. But I'm going to tell you this. We need to preach love just as strong. Because most people in this world today don't know love. They don't know a mom and a dad that love them and care for them. A lot of them know a mom and dad that abused them and beat them. A lot of them know a mom and dad that wasn't good to them. They don't know love like I know love from a parent. They don't know that. And they need to know that there's a heavenly father that loves them, that cares about them, that watches over them, that blesses them, that protects them, that keeps them, that anoints them, that empowers them, that gives them faith, that gives them anointing, that takes care of their needs. Paul said we're not been left as orphans. I'll not leave you comfortless. <laughs> I'm never alone. I'm never alone. Sister Ann, after Brother Carroll died, and, and many times over the last however long he's been dead, what, 10 or 15, 14 years? A long time. A lot of times she would, she would tell me, she would say, Brother Scott, last night the Lord came in my room, and the Lord and me, we were just together for hours. He just talked with me. You know, she, her, she has small feet. I don't know if you've ever noticed Sister Ann's feet, but she has little bitty feet. And, and, there's, and there's been times when I've been up here preaching and I've seen those feet just running, running, running. Just, she wasn't moving up from here up, but from here down, she was going somewhere. Why? Because she felt the love of God. She felt that husband that husband that was there, that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. She was never alone. She was never without love. She was never without hope. She was never with, with as long as I've got God with me, I'm never without direction. I always, I may not know exactly where we're going. My, my feet may not exactly see the end, but he said thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, and I always know the next step. I always know the next step. 
It's just whether or not in faith I'll take it, but it's not God that's not giving it. He, he'll always give me direction. I've never not known what to do. I haven't always done the right thing, but it wasn't because I didn't know because God is with me. He leads me. He guides me. He empowers me. He gives me peace beyond understanding. He blesses me. He anoints me. He keeps me. Hallelujah. He's my God, my Lord, and my Savior. And as long as God is with me, I shall not want I'm not going to want for peace, Brent. I'm never going to walk a day in my life that I don't have peace as long as the Lord is with me. You know, I've thought about martyrs. Have you ever thought about a martyr? I was reading yesterday in the book of Acts about James. You know, James was the first, well, the first martyr, of course, was, was uh, Stephen. But the first apostle martyr was James. And James walked to a chopping block. He, they, didn't, they didn't put his head on a, he didn't, he didn't lean over and put his neck on a block. He just got on his knees and a guy with a sword just whacked his head off. That's how it worked. He, he didn't have a block to lean against. He just got on his knees and they whacked his head off. And, and do you know that tradition tells us that in Roman culture, the man that witnessed against you, that caused you to be condemned, he marched with you as a witness to say, I saw this happen and I concur that this man is worthy of death. And do you know that tradition tells us that James won that man to Christ on the way to having his head cut off and that man knelt beside him and he was killed as well. That's what tradition says. And I've wondered about that. You ever thought about that? I'm not sure walking, seeing somebody with a sword knowing that he's fixing to take my head off, I'm not sure that I would be able to say anything. I figured my mouth would be pretty dry. But he walked to that chopping block in peace. Not only did he walk in peace, but he walked witness into the very man that condemned him. How? Because the Lord was his shepherd. He shall not want. Even in a moment when he's got to give it. Now, I'm not saying I could do it today, but I am saying that if I ever got in that situation, God would supply the strength I needed. God would supply the courage that I needed. God would supply the words that I needed. I've tried to witness to people that didn't want to be witnessed to, and I've got myself in all kind of messes. But then sometimes I've listened to the Lord as he led me and guided the conversation, and next thing you know, I'm talking about Jesus, and it's being received, and I'm speaking the words of the Lord, and I'm able to pray with people because God put me in the right place at the right time with the right word and the right things to say, and I'm telling you that as long as I'm serving the Lord, I'm not going to want for the ability to be able to witness witness to people about Jesus Christ. I'm not going to want for the power and the knowledge and the zeal and the purpose to keep me going. I'm 65 years old, but I'm telling you, there's still a fire in my bones. There's still a jump in my feet. There's still an excitement when I hear about the word of the Lord. When I begin to read God's word and his word starts stirring in my soul, I'm telling you what, I may have read it a hundred times, but this hundred and first time, it's burning in my spirit. Glory to God. I'm never going to be without a one of, of a fire. I'm never going to be without something to say. I'm never going to be without a passion for God because his spirit burns in my innermost being. His spirit burns in my soul. The power of the Holy Ghost still steps my feet to dancing and still puts a shout in my voice and as long as I'm serving the Lord I'll not want for a passion and a power for him. Hallelujah. My God, is it burning in your soul? 
I love the little kid song that says, it's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling in my soul. It's singing, it's shouting, since Jesus made it whole, some church folks can't understand it. But I cannot keep it quiet. It's bubbling, 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 bubbling day and night. Have you ever woke up in the middle of the night and just felt the power of God all around you? And know that you, you didn't just wake up because you're something to do. <laughs> but you've woken up because the Holy Spirit wants to have a little, a little time he wants to spend with you. You've woken up or you've awakened because the Holy Spirit's in the house. And that spirit man inside of you says, hey, my best friend's here. Let's have a little talk with Jesus. Let's have a little talk with Jesus. Because as long as I'm with the Lord, I'll never not have somebody that I can talk to. I'll never not have somebody that can hear my cry. Oh, there's lots of Psalms in there that, where David says he cried all night. There's lots of Psalms in there where David talks about the difficulty he had in the night season. There's lots of song in there, Psalms in there where he talks about crying and weeping and people betraying him and battles and fights and fears. But there's not a Psalm in there that doesn't end in victorious, in a victorious note. There's not a psalm in there that starts out with a sad thing that doesn't end up with a selah somewhere in there. Selah means think about that. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that. I'm never alone. I've always, I've always got a confidant. I've always got somebody that's with me. I've always got somebody that hears me. And, and the world, you know, when people get saved out of Islam, their parents, they, everybody disowns them. As a matter of fact, there have been instances where parents have actually tried to kill their kids for coming into Christianity. But those, those people that give up Islam and walk toward Christ, they're willing to die for that cause. Why are they willing to die for it? Because they've experienced the love and the power and the passion that they never felt in religion. And people that are simply religious, they never know the depths and the beauty and the power of God that can burn within my soul. They never know that God can talk back to them. Did you know God can speak to you? It doesn't matter if you... If you about a month ago, maybe about a month ago, I was in prayer up here one morning and the Lord laid on my heart to, ask, to tell Asher that it was time for him to to give us a sermon. Well, I, I thought about it that morning, but I got busy, and the next day I got busy, and the next day I got busy, and I, and I, never, did, and I never did come back to it. And, and I went through the weekend, and the next week I, I started praying again. And Well, I mean, I prayed through the weekend a little bit too. But anyway, I started praying in, in here, and I came in, and the Lord spoke to my heart again. He says, tell Asher it's time, and give him a time to preach. And I said, you know, I, I, I felt it. I knew it. I said, okay, Lord, I, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll get to it. I didn't ever get to it. Mike calls me and says, hey, Brother Scott, I, I, I just wanted to tell you this. That, uh, I was talk, Asher came to me and talked to me the other day, and he wanted me to call you. I said, really? What about? He said, well, Asher said that the Lord had given him something, and he wanted to know when you'd let him preach. <laughs> so God couldn't get it to me. So he said, well, okay, you're going to stall on it. I'll give it to the guy and let him come to you. And so this Wednesday night, we're going we're gonna to hear what the Lord lays on Asher's heart to speak. Amen. Amen. Give him a hand. 
What am I telling you? How old are you, Asher? 21. No, you're not. No, how old are you? 11. 11. Can God speak to an 11-year-old? Can God speak to an 11-year-old? Then why do we think sometimes that God can't speak to us? Then why do we think sometimes that we've got to figure everything out on our own? Why can't we know that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want? I shall not want for understanding in that word. There may be some days I don't understand it, everything about it, but most days God reveals what he needs me to know for that day. You know, we were talking last night at Men's Fellowship and we were saying, you know, so a lot of times you read the Word of God and you just don't know what you've read and you read it again and it just, it's just not seemingly to make a brain cell. But I was thinking and I told last night that a guy told me one time when I was complaining about that, he said, well, let me ask you something. What did you eat two weeks ago? I said, I don't know. Food? He said, so it didn't make, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything special? You don't remember what it was? I said, I don't. He said, do you think it gave you enough strength to be able to make the next day? I said, well, of course. He said, well, sometimes the word of God, you may not know exactly, you may not remember it, but it puts enough strength in that spirit, man, to make it through the day, to make it through the next day, to give you enough power and enough anointing and enough knowledge and enough grace and enough passion and enough peace and enough knowledge and enough of faith and enough of the things that you need in order to be able to keep walking with God. Because sometimes you walk through long, dry places, but the Lord is, a, is our shepherd and I shall not want because he continually leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. My, then my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So you may not know exactly what you read today, but it was enough strength to get you through to tomorrow. It was enough strength to bring you through a difficult surgery. It was enough strength to bring you through a difficult financial situation. It was enough strength to give you patience to wait until God performed the work. It was enough strength that all that you needed in order to make the day and make the time and make the season and know that when you saw the mountain, you were going to conquer the mountain and be on the mountaintop. How do you know that? Because the word of God told me that I was going to be more than a conqueror through him that loved me. But then there's times that you go out and eat and you say, whoa, that was good. I'm going to remember the last time. The, fr the first time we went to a place called Taste of Texas in Houston, over on the other side of Houston, off Gessner, right there at the Beltway. First time we went there, we walked in that place, and there was the nicest, greatest, most amazing salad bar I have ever seen in my life. I saw that salad bar and I said, oh, my word. It had everything that you can imagine on it. It had rolls. It had big cheese things that you scraped off the cheese, you know, and put it on your plate. It had all kind of add-ins. It just, it, it was just, it was just immaculate. And the steak that we got that night was melt in your mouth delicious. It was so good. And everything about it was just so first class. And it was just so wonderful. And I'll tell you, it was a night and a meal that I will always remember because it was the first time that we went to the Taste of Texas. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes when I'm reading the word of the Lord, <laughs> whoo, God puts something in there that makes me remember. And whenever I'm going through a struggle, I think back and I think, oh, his banner over me, Jehovah uh, Nisi, his banner over me, is love. 
There's times when God puts a song in my heart like the one Janice sang tonight. Gratitude. I've been singing that song for a couple of weeks. One, and I'm no good at singing it. I can't remember the words to it. I have to constantly hold the lyrics in front of my face while I'm trying to sing it. But tonight when she began to sing it, you know what that song said to me? That song said to me that the Lord knows what he's been speaking to my heart. And he just gave me a little confirmation tonight through somebody that had no idea to speak to me to say, I hear what you're singing. I hear what you're saying. I'm hearing what you, what you speak because I'm telling you that whenever I've got God with me, he always hears my prayers. God always hears your prayers. God always hears your prayers. He's never deaf. He's never not listening. He's never not concerned. He always hears your prayers. And even if you don't feel anything, even if you don't see anything, even if you're not experiencing anything, the word of God tells me in, Revel in the book of Revelation that every time I pray, it's like incense being thrown into a censer. And the sweet incense, now I, this isn't scriptural, this is Scottism, and it may not be right, but it's what I like to think. I like to think that I have a particular smell I'm not sure if it's a good if you're agreeing with me or not. But, but I like to think that I have a particular odor. And I like to think that whenever I begin to pray and that angel pulls that incense and throws it in that censer and my prayers begin to ascend up into heaven, I like to think that God the Father says, that's Scott. <laughs> that's Scott. And I'm going to tell you something else as you read the book of Revelation. You'll find out that there comes a day whenever the time and the season's complete and all the, all the incense that you've sent up before is combined with the incense that you're sending up now and all of that, all of that odor filling heaven suddenly causes the situation to be the time, the season, the purpose, the moment is right. You've continually sent up incense. You've continually prayed. You've continually believed. All of that has filled heaven and now the Lord says it's time to answer the prayer and the Bible says that that incense incense, that censer. The Bible says that that censer is cast down into the earth. And when that censer is cast down to the earth, the Bible says that there's thunderings and rumblings and lightnings and voices. Do you know what that means? That means God's shaking everything that can be shaken and moving everything that can be moved to answer my prayer. That means that the devil's time is done. And my mouth, I'm fixing to stand on my mountain more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, hallelujah. I shall not want for an answer to my prayer. I will continually keep praying in faith, believing that I will have what, I, what he said I can have, that I can have my healing, that I can have my deliverance, that I can have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I may have told you this. I feel like I need to start slowing down. I may have told you this, but whenever I was a teenager, we went to a youth rally in Silsby. Um, I, was, I was going to church there. We had a youth rally there, and we had a missionary come. His name was Irvin Rutherford. And Irvin Rutherford was a missionary in, in, in uh, Africa. And Irvin Rutherford, as a teenager, um, I was listening to him, and he told a story 
about going into a, into a, a village where there was someone that was sick and some people had told the chief that if they would get this missionary, he would come and he would be able to pray to the God that would heal this child. Well, when he went there, he encountered all kind of opposition. The witch doctor, if you would, from that area took great offense to the fact that they had called another witch doctor, as far as he was concerned. And they took a great offense to the fact that he was white, that he wasn't an African, that he wasn't familiar with their gods. They took great offense to that. And when he got there, he encountered a lot of hostility. And had not been the chief rescued him, he possibly could have suffered some harm if he was there on his own will, but he was there under the power of God. And he said that that day after he, after God finally made a way, after a lot of discussion, a lot of hollering, a lot of tense moments, God finally made a way for him to walk into the room where that child was. And the chief went in there with him. And whenever he began to pray, the Holy Spirit began to pray through him. And he just began to speak with such a freedom. And, and he at that time began to demonstrate how God was speaking through him and the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was just rolling out of him, just rolling out of him. And he said he stood up and the God was all over him and he was just speaking in an unknown tongue and he was, he was worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. And he had this sense that somebody was right here. And when he finally stopped praying and opened his eyes, that chief was standing right there. And that boy was sitting up healed. And, and that chief gave Mr. Brother Rutherford the opportunity to preach to the village. And people were saved and they were able to establish a church there in that village. And as a, as a teenager, I said, God, if you're going to use me in your ministry, because I knew I had a call in my life. I said, God, if you're going to use me in the ministry, then Lord, I want to have that kind of freedom in the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be the guy that struggles and struggles to be able to be used in the Holy Spirit. I, wanna, I want the gifts of the Spirit to follow me. I want the gifts of the Spirit to be around me. I want the, I want the gifts of the Spirit to be used. I, I don't want to just be the guy that comes. I, I want to be one who's, who sees the power of God in the Holy Spirit, and I want to have that freedom in the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you, I once was young, but now I'm young at heart. And I can tell you this, not because of me, but because of the prayer that I prayed. Not because of me, did you hear me? But because of the prayer that I prayed, because of the incense that I sent up. Because of that, God has always made it that wherever we preached, the Spirit of the Lord always seems to move in that congregation. Not because of me but because of a prayer that I prayed. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He put that desire in my heart. And because he put it in there, I lifted it up to him. And now whenever we go, then the Lord causes that to occur. Do you understand how that works? It's not because of me. It's because of the God that lives within me. It's because the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Why don't you stand with me this morning for just this evening for just a moment? Have I preached that long? No, this is 7:30 p.m. Right?
You know, I think there's maybe a few of you hid here tonight. And, and, I, and, and you know, I, I always like to have music when we're doing this. It's just more comfortable. But, but I, I think I'm just going to press forward right like this. And, and I, I think there's maybe a, f- a few tonight that's in this house that maybe you want some things from God that you haven't received. I'm not talking about finances. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about prestige. I'm not talking about a job. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I'm talking about a relationship a relationship with God that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. I'm talking about a love of God and a love for God. And I think there's maybe a few of you here and here tonight that maybe you don't have that. Just like at the time I prayed, I didn't have a spiritual relationship with God like what I wanted. But because I prayed it, God answered my prayer. I hope you understand what I'm saying there. It, it keeps sounding like I think I'm something, and, I, and it's not that at all. It's, it's that God answered my prayers. He, he gave me the very desires of my heart. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what I'm talking about with you tonight. You know, I think, I think maybe a few of you in this place tonight, you desire a relationship with God that you don't currently have. It's not because you're not trying. It's just because the Lord brought you here tonight that he might establish that. Because God works in times and seasons. I don't know if you know that or not. But God works in times and seasons. And there's a moment for everything to occur. There's, all I've got to do is, is be there for the appointment. That's all I've got to do. If I can get there for the appointment, then God's got the time and the season already worked out. There's a time to be healed. There's a time to be delivered. There's a time to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a time to be anointed. There's a time to receive peace. There's a time to receive instruction. There's, there's times and seasons. Ecclesiastes, it says, under everything there is a time and a season to every purpose under heaven. And tonight is your time and your season for God to supply something that you feel like, that you desire, but you may lack tonight. And God wants you to know that the Lord is your shepherd and you don't have to want You don't have to do without. You can have it. So I want to ask you to do tonight, if that's that's you, and if nobody comes, that's fine, that's, that's okay. No pressure, there's no pressure on anybody. But if you feel like that that's what you want tonight, that you say this feels like the time and the season for me to receive what I've always wanted from God, then tonight, just do what they're doing and make your way down. Hallelujah. This is the time, this is the season, this is the night, this is the moment. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, the presence of the Lord is already moving in this right here, Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else tonight? Something that you've always wanted to receive from the Lord. Tonight's the time for you to receive it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. (laughs) This is your night. Anybody else? This is your night. 
Don't let this pass you by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Then I'm going to ask some of you to come down tonight, just like we talked about this morning. I want you to lay hands on some of these that are down here tonight. I want you to agree with them in prayer. Hallelujah. You don't, you, we just let your Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit just minister to them tonight. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to make their way down and lay their hands on someone tonight? There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you want to walk down here. You want to walk down here. I see it in your faces. You, you want to receive something from God tonight? There is something that, that's holding you in that pew, and I don't know what it is, but I can look in your faces and see the Lord just telling you, if you'll just walk, if you'll just walk, I'll do the rest. You just walk. I'll do the rest. Come on, if the Lord's dealing with you, then calm, calm down. Receive. The table's ready. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Hallelujah. There's no one enemy tonight. We're all for you. Anybody else want to make their way down? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to come pray with somebody? Still got a few people here that need some people to come pray with them. Anybody else? You want to, you want to come down tonight and receive? Hallelujah. Rest of you would just lift your hands this way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus. A hopeless case. An empty place. If not for me. you enjoyed tonight? Have you been in his presence? How many believe he's holy? Come on, if he's holy, give him praise.
Would you welcome Vanessa Presley as she comes to the altar?
God. Stand with me tonight if you would. Hallelujah. 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 Would you just lift your hands with me for just a minute and just praise the Lord for what you've received tonight. Lord God, we praise you, Lord God, that you are our shepherd. And we shall not want, oh God. We shall not want, oh God. Hallelujah. We shall not want for direction. We shall not want for love. We shall not want for peace. We shall not want for your spirit, God. We shall not want for your passion. Oh, God, you have started a fire within our souls tonight, oh, God. Lord God, you have poured, Lord God, into those that came down. Lord God, you have answered their prayer tonight, oh God. And I thank you, Father God, Lord, that they walked back to their pew, oh God, as a new creature in Christ Jesus, Lord God. <laughs> With a new anointing and a new passion and a new zeal and a new desire. Lord God, that you have kindled a fire within the very heart of our spirits, O oh God. Lord God, that burns brightly for you, O oh God, that moves us and talks with us and walks with us, O oh God. Father God, that causes us, O oh God, to be able to commune with you in heavenly places, O oh God. And Father God, I thank you, Lord God, for that power, that peace, that anointing, that passion that moves within our soul, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I pray, Father God, that you would be with us as we leave this place, that your anointing and your power, O oh God, would touch us, O oh God. Father, bring us back in the morning, O oh God. Bring us back to a relationship with you. We may not be in this house, O oh God, but, Lord God, we're still in this house of this body, O oh God, and this temple is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and I can worship God in this temple. And I thank you, O oh God, for the power and the anointing, Father, Lord, that's, that's moving in this building, O oh God, right now, Father, to change hearts and to change lives, O oh God, and to cause us to see everything in a new direction. Lord, let your Holy Spirit, God, make us, O oh Father God, that we are powerful in the word of the Lord, that we are anointed by the power of the Most High, and that the joy of the Lord is our strength, O oh God. We thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Tuesday morning prayer meeting, Wednesday night church. Have a great weekend in the Lord. Win somebody to Jesus. <laughs>